0: Welcome to the Walk in Truth Weekend Program. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance from Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. It's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people. Remember, you can learn more about Pastor Michael, the church, how to donate, how to contact us, and the podcast available on your favorite podcast app when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael Lance and part three of his message in Revelation chapter 18 about the judgment of Babylon.
1: This is one sin stacked upon another, upon another, upon another. They've come up as high as heaven and God has remembered her iniquities. And then a voice says, pay her back even as she has paid six and give back to her double according to her deeds. In the cup which she has mixed, mixed twice as much for her. What she has dealt out, what she has poured out, Make her drink the cup double what she is given. You remember when they made the golden calf and Moses came down and said to Aaron, what have you done? And Aaron basically said, well, you know how the people are. They're stubborn, man. And they gave me the gold and we threw it in the fire and out popped this calf. Incredible, man. Man, that's the lamest excuse of all time coming from the high priest of Israel, Right? (laughs) So they ultimately, at Moses' command, they ground up the golden calf and threw it into the water and they made the people drink it. Isn't that glorious? Go ahead. You want the golden calf? Gulp, gulp, gulp. Now you parents, this is where washing the kid's mouth out with soap came from. Amen? Anybody ever try that? Clean your tongue. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, she's going to get back double. Nebuchadnezzar built a ziggurat in, in Babylon. There's a inscription that's been discovered by archaeology, a commemorative inscription that reads, the fortification of aseg ilah in Babylon. He says, I strengthened and made an everlasting name for my reign, close quote. But you know, pillars and monuments and trophies and statues Well, they corrupt over time. And Babylon, even though she looks good and powerful, is going to fall. To the degree, verse 7, that she glorified herself and lived sensuously, to the same degree give her torment and mourning. For she says in her heart, I sit as a queen, I'm not a widow, and will never see mourning. Write down Isaiah 47, 7. That's where we turned to earlier she said, in essence, I'm untouchable. Nothing's ever going to happen to me. There are people who are walking the planet today and they think they're the untouchables. They're unpenetrable. Nothing's going to ha- ever happen to them. Nothing's going to go south. Nothing's going to go wrong. They can continue to walk the razor's edge and it's going to be fine. And then something happens. She glorified herself. Uh, this, may, this idea that she says, I'm a queen and not a widow, may relate to the idea of the queen of heaven from Jeremiah 44, that she said, I'm this goddess that is to be worshipped. For this reason, because of her boast, verse 8, because of who she is and what she does to damage mankind, in one day, for this reason, in one day, verse 8, her plagues will come, pestilence and mourning, famine. She will be burned up with fire for the Lord God who judges her is strong. But she's this incredible place with incredible power. But in one day, she's going to fall. You know, in in the ancient world, if you were going to try to besiege a city, it would take you weeks, months, even years to destroy a powerful city with ramparts and towers and and archers who were trying to deal with you as you approach the city. It could take you months, even years. But Babylon, this composite anti-God system or city, is going to fall, look at verse eight, in one day. In fact, later we're going to see in one hour. One hour. Uh, in the ancient world, Very unlikely that a a powerful city could fall in a day or an hour. But in today's day and age, how quickly could a city fall? How quickly could a area code be decimated? I mean, we have some interesting times going on with North Korea right now, right? Where we're trying to figure out where this gentleman is coming from, if I can call him that, who's making threats to America and testing bombs. And you know, today a push of a button could destroy multiple areas. So this is this is probably it, it affirms the future nature of what's going on. The kings of the earth who committed nine acts of immorality and lived sensuously with her will weep and lament. They will wail in loud lamentation over her when they see the smoke of her burning. One day when Babylon falls, the kings of the earth, those who committed acts of immorality with her, they will cry when they see the smoke of her burning. This is a a quotation from a commentary. The kings please themselves with Babylon, but when she falls, they want no part of her punishment. Notice how their grief does not result from the injustice Babylon did. Their grief does not spring from the lives they ruined in alliance with Babylon. They do not grieve about the way they dishonored God or led others to do the same. They wail for Babylon, but their concern is not for Babylon. Notice how they do not seek to help her. They weep and lament, but they watch her burn, is basically what's going on. They stand afar off, We'll see in verse 10, and for the fear of her torment. They are not about to risk themselves in order to help Babylon. This shows that they do not love Babylon. They love themselves. They're only mourning because Babylon will give them no more sensual and immoral favors. Living for Babylon is about living for yourself. It's the message of the world. Look at verse 10. They stand at a distance because of the fear of her torment. And they say, whoa, whoa, or alas, alas, the great city Babylon, the strong city for, what's your Bible say? In one hour, your judgment has come. They stand at a distance. You know, some commentators have said, maybe something uh, nuclear has happened there. Maybe they're fearful of somehow, you know, participating in some way or being affected by your judgment. And the, merchant, the merchants, the kings in verse uh, The last few verses, now the merchants, the wholesalers, the the ones in commerce, international trade of the earth, they weep and mourn over her because no one, why do they cry? Because no one, what? Buys their cargoes or their merchandise anymore. They don't cry for her, they cry that sales are down. It's so horrible. Why? Sales are down
2: 25%.
1: I don't care about her. I don't care about the smoke of her torment. But man, she was a great business partner. You remember Ebenezer Scrooge? Jacob Marley appears to him on that fateful night. And Scrooge can't understand what Marley's trying to say to him. You were a good man of business. A good man of business. And we sat there, he says, in our money-grinding business, and we did not pay attention to humanity. Do you see the chain I drag, Ebenezer? Your chain was this long seven Christmases ago. Whoa. (laughs) Powerful, isn't it? My chain was that long seven Christmases ago? Yep. Yep. Oh, maybe I had had some bad french fries. Maybe this isn't real. Maybe I shouldn't have ate that burrito at Del Taco at 11 p.m. No. You will be visited by three spirits. Right? Do you know the original version of that story was very on point about the gospel of Jesus Christ? It's been watered down by the telling, but... It's actually all centered in the hope of Jesus and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so they weep. No one buys our cargo anymore. Look at the list of cargo. And I will give credit. I was listening to John Corson teach on this, and he related this to shopping at Macy's. (laughs) I'll, I'll leave that up to you. But he did it by floors. So here's how it goes. Verse 12. We can't sell our cargoes of gold and silver and precious stones and pearls. Floor number one, jewelry, gold, silver, precious stones and pearls. Floor number two is apparel. Just push the elevator button. I got a funny story about my my mom. One day I think I want to write a sitcom about my mom and the Italian family. One day she and her husband were somewhere and... uh, she, my mom is a germaphobe, so she didn't want to press the elevator button with her finger, so she pressed it with her knuckle. Okay? So she hit the button with her knuckle, and the doors in the elevator started going bam, 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 bam. And my stepdad said to my mom, It's because you pushed the button with your knuckle. <laughs> Why did you do that? You messed up the doors by pushing the button with your knuckle. Don't you think that would make a great sitcom episode? (laughs) Anyway. Floor number two, ding apparel, fine linen, silk, scarlet. Floor number three is home furnishings, citron wood, middle of 12, every article of ivory, every article made from very costly wood, bronze, iron, marble. Verse 13. Floor number four, ding, is cosmetics. Cinnamon spice, and everything nice. Oh, no, it doesn't say that in... <laughs> Incense, perfume, frankincense. Well, you go up the elevator to floor number five, it's the food court, ding. There's olive oil, fine flour, wheat, hamburgers. That's cattle. <laughs> what? What? <laughs>
0: You've been listening to the Walk in Truth Weekend program. We'd like to remind you that Walk in Truth is a non ministry. We rely on faithful listeners to create this program to broadcast on radio and on podcast. It's our goal to provide the truth of the gospel and to give anyone willing to listen a safe place to learn how to apply God's word to today's culture. Your one-time gift or monthly donation will help us become fully funded and grow to reach more people across the nation. Please visit our website, walkintruth.com. To learn how to give online or by mail. That's walkintruth.com. Hey, Shane Lance
1: here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from Scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text Step Closer as one word to thirty three two two two. Again, that's Step Closer as one word to thirty three two two two. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A
0: Step Closer, and you can text Step Closer as one word to thirty three two 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 make sure you subscribe to the walk in truth podcast available on your favorite podcast app. Now back to pastor Michael Lance right here on walk in truth. Floor number two
1: is apparel. Just push the elevator button. I got a funny story about my, my mom. One day I think I want to write a sitcom about my mom and the Italian family. One day she and her husband were somewhere and, uh, she, my mom is a germaphobe, so she didn't want to press the elevator button with her finger, so she pressed it with her knuckle. Okay? So she hit the button with her knuckle, and the doors in the elevator started going bam, 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 bam. And my stepdad said to my mom, It's because you pushed the button with your knuckle. <laughs> Why did you do that? You messed up the doors by pushing the button with your knuckle. Don't you think that would make a great sitcom episode? (laughs) Anyway. Floor number two, ding apparel, fine linen, silk, scarlet. Floor number three is home furnishings, citron wood, middle of 12, every article of ivory, every article made from very costly wood, bronze, iron, marble. Verse 13. Floor number four, ding is cosmetics, cinnamon spice, and everything nice. Oh no, it doesn't say that in it. Incense, perfume, frankincense. Well, you go up the elevator to floor number five, it's the food court. Ding. There's olive oil, fine flour, wheat, hamburgers. That's cattle. (laughs) What? (laughs) And sheep. Cargos of horses, uh, floor number six, ding, is automotive. It's uh, cargos of horses and chariots. And floor number seven is slaves and human lives. The word for slaves is soma. The word for human lives is suke. That's why many of the translations say the body and souls of men. See, Babylon just doesn't deal in goods. It deals in souls. It sells people out. You know how I mentioned to you, industry in the world, backdoor deals, things that we may not want to talk about. Well, there's things going on with human trafficking right now and sex slavery that God knows what's happening. God knows the businessmen, quote unquote, that are involved in this industry today. God knows what's going on. This is Babylon. Babylon traffics in everything, including human souls. They say something like this. Everything's on sale here. You can buy it for a price. And the fruit you long for, 14, has gone from you. All the things that were luxurious and splendid have passed away from you. And men will no longer find them. Some years ago, we had a church member who worked for a major church market chain, a kind of a supermarket. And uh, somebody, the, the the individual that worked for the company passed away. And so there were 50 or 100 people, employees that came from this company. If I said the name to you, you would know the name. So the gospel was preached. And I noticed a, a young man on the back row, I, he was very fidgety during the whole message. And One of the things that I said is that Jesus said, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? You could could have the whole world, not just a city block or an island, but if you forfeit your soul, I said, your soul is too valuable. What will you give in exchange for your soul? To steal a line from Ray Comfort, if I told you that I would give you $10 million right now for your eyes, would you give me your eyes for $10 million? No way. Why? Because... They're precious to you. How much would you sell your soul for? I saw the guy fidgeting. So when the service was over, I gave an invitation. I'm standing in the food line, and he comes up to me, He's, he happens to be by me in the food line. he says, "Can I talk to you privately?" And we walked around the corner out of the food line, and he says to me, "What you said today, I've walked away from the Lord. I used to go to church." And he said, I was totally convicted and everything in me wanted to come forward when you gave that invitation, but I couldn't get out of my seat. I want to give my life to Christ. I'm off track, I've lost my way. And so we're off on the corner, you know, around the corner and he was kind of fearful to do it in front of his employee buddies and he gave his life back to Christ. Because he, he saw the emptiness of, you know, material possessions You remember the man who looks at his goods and he says, I know what I'll do. I'll build bigger barns. And the Lord says, you fool, this very night your soul will be required of you. Then, what's going to happen to your possessions? It doesn't matter. How many of you saw the craziness on Black Friday? Why do they call it Black Friday? (laughs) It seems to be a bit of a dark day for America. Because then you see the foot look if you went out on Black Friday talk to me later we'll help you repent and no look I know there are some good deals but do you see how people look you ain't even finishing your turkey and pumpkin pie people go which which store are you going go to go I got to be yeah we're going to go to that store we're going to they open at 6 now 6 what? 6 in the morning on Thanksgiving I mean it's getting earlier and earlier now right and they go, and people, they'll pummel each other for the doll that's on sale or the big screen, right? I save that money. I gotta, I gotta have it. I gotta get it. <laughs> what? You gotta do what? You already got three of the things, right? But I gotta get, this one's, this one's five inches bigger. S- measuring diagonally, it's 6.5. <laughs> Do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. And the world is passing away, and it's also it's lust, but the one who does the will of God abides for ever. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not wrong to have cars and televisions in a nice home but it is wrong if they have you. You know, Jesus talked about how wealth was an inhibitor to many people. The rich young ruler, it's difficult. He didn't want to give up what he had. We know that there are people in the Bible who are very wealthy like Abraham and it didn't seem to be an issue for them. You just have to keep it in its proper place. The merchants of these things fifteen who became rich from her from Babylon will stand at a distance because of the fear of her torment, weeping and mourning. They will say, Woe, woe, or alas, alas sixteen, the great city, she who clothed was clothed in fine linen, purple and scarlet, adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, woe, woe, for in one hour such great wealth has been laid waste. And every shipmaster, every passenger and sailor and as many as make their living by the sea stood at a distance. They're, They're not helping. They're standing afar off. And they were crying out as they saw the smoke of her burning. And they said, what city is like the great city? Where will these ships be? Could it be the Persian Gulf? What area are we talking about? What part of the world is this city? Where is Babylon? Who is Babylon? New York? Oh, that's too close to home, Pastor Michael. I don't know. Is it just a composite? Is the city kind of an image of all that is anti-God? I'll let you wrestle with it. Zephaniah 118 says, neither their silver nor their gold will be able to deliver them on the day of the Lord's wrath. All the earth will be devoured in the fire
0: of his jealousy. You've been listening to Pastor Michael Lance on Walk in Truth. This has been part three of his message in Revelation chapter 18 about the judgment of Babylon. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment, but I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to our Step Closer devotional this quick read from scripture on your smartphone is a great way to keep you in the Bible. Look, it's vital to your walk as a believer to dive deep into the word of God, but I understand that sometimes life gets a little busy. So why not get a few text reminders a week on your smartphone from us at walk in truth. It's not the only thing you need for your spiritual growth, but it'll help you get there to subscribe to our step closer devotions. Text step closer as one word to 33, two, two, two. Again, Text step closer as one word, to the number 33222, and together we can step closer to the Lord. Now, here's Pastor Michael.
2: Well, you may be thinking, what does the judgment of the great harlot and of Babylon in Revelation 17 and 18 have to do with me today, my life today? Well, remember that Babylon is really kind of a metaphor or a picture of the world, the anti-God system. And it's really everywhere. You know, it started way back in Genesis 10 with ancient Babylon, if you will, and some people call it Babylonianism, but it's more a system. It's an anti-God system. We don't need God. We're going to do it our way, either by humanism or other religions, but we're going to exclude the God of the Bible. And ancient Israel and really even the church of this day wrestles with Babylon in quotes, of following God, following the city of God instead of the city of man. Not trying to do it in our own efforts like building a tower way back in the book of Genesis that could reach to the heavens, but going through the one way and his name is Jesus and it's by grace and through faith and then following him as Lord of our lives. That's the relevance of studying Revelation 18 and looking at Babylon as a system of both religion and politics that's away from God, what we want to do is have our whole worldview, our whole life, and namely our hearts, be in love with God and say, you are my God. And in doing that, we're going to need to understand Revelation 18 and for that matter, the whole book of Revelation so we can follow the true God and the true way despite what may be coming at us or be all around us. So that's the encouragement as you study through Revelation to keep your eye on Jesus And keep seeking that city of light, that city above, Jesus, our Lord and King.
0: Be sure to come back Friday to hear the conclusion of Pastor Michael's message in Revelation chapter 18 about the judgment of Babylon. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. It's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people.